0: Chapter 124 The Needle Next morning the not-yet-subsided sea rolled in long, slow billows of mighty bulk, and striving in the Pequod's gurgling track pushed her on like giants' palms, outspread. The strong, unstaggering breeze abounded so, that sky and air seemed vast, outbellying sails. The whole world boomed before the wind, Muffled in the full morning light, the invisible sun was only known by the spread intensity of his place, where his bayonet rays moved on in stacks. Emblazonings as of crowned Babylonian kings and queens reigned over everything. The sea was as a crucible of molten gold that bubblingly leaps with light and heat. Long maintaining an enchanted silence, Ahab stood apart, and every time the teetering ship loweringly pitched down her bowsprit, he turned to eye the bright sun's rays produced ahead. And when she profoundly settled by the stern, he turned behind and saw the sun's rearward place, and how the same yellow rays were blending with his undeviating wake. Ha ha! my ship!" Thou mightiest well be taken now for the sea chariot of the sun, ho, ho! All ye nations, before my prow, I bring the sun to ye. Yoke on the further billows, hello, a tandem. I drive the sea. But suddenly reined back by some counterthought, he hurried towards the helm, huskily demanding how the ship was heading. East-south-east, sir," said the frightened steersman. Thou liest, smiting him with his clenched fist, heading east at this hour in the morning, and the sun astern upon this every soul was confounded for the phenomenon just then observed by Ahab had unaccountably escaped everyone else, but its very blinding palpableness must have been the cause, thrusting his head halfway into the binnacle, Ahab caught one glimpse of the compasses. His uplifted arm slowly fell. For a moment he almost seemed to stagger. Standing behind him, Starbuck looked, and lo, the two compasses pointed east, and the Pequod was as infallibly going west. But ere the first wild alarm could get out abroad among the crew, the old man, with a rigid laugh, exclaimed, "'I have it. It has happened before.' Mr. Starbuck, last night's thunder turned our compasses, that's all. Thou hast before now heard of such a thing, I take it? Aye, but never before has it happened to me, sir, said the pale mate, gloomily. Hence it must needs be said that accidents like this have in more than one case occurred to ships in violent storms. The magnetic energy, as developed in the mariner's needle, is, as all know, essentially one with the electricity beheld in heaven. Hence it is not to be much marveled at that such things should be. Instances where the lightning has actually struck the vessel so as to smite down some of the spars and rigging, the effect upon the needle has at times been still more fatal, all its lodestone virtue being annihilated, so that, The before magnetic steel was of no more use than an old wife's knitting needle. But in either case, the needle never again, of itself, recovers the original virtue, thus marred or lost. And if the binnacle compasses be affected, the same fate reaches all the others that may be in the ship, even when the lowermost one inserted into the kelson. Deliberately standing before the binnacle and eyeing the transpointed compasses, the old man, with the sharp of his extended hand, now took the precise bearing of the sun, and satisfied that the needles were exactly inverted, shouted out his orders for the ship's course to be changed accordingly. The yards were hard up, and once more the Pequod thrust her undaunted bows into the opposing wind, for the supposed fair one had only been juggling her. Meanwhile, whatever were his own secret thoughts, Starbuck said nothing. But quietly he issued all requisite orders, while Stubb and Flask, who in some small degree seemed then to be sharing his feelings, likewise, unmurmuringly, acquiesced. As for the men, though some of them lowly rumbled, their fear of Ahab was greater than their fear of fate, But as before, the pagan harpooners remained almost wholly unimpressed. Or if impressed, it was only with a certain magnetism, shot into their congenial hearts from inflexible Ahabs. For a space, the old man walked the deck in rolling reveries. But chancing to slip with his ivory heel, he saw the crushed copper sight-tubes of the quadrant he had the day before dashed to the deck. Thou poor, proud heaven-gazer and sun's pilot— Yesterday I wrecked thee, and to-day the compasses would fain have wrecked me. So-so. But Ahab is lord over the level lodestone yet. Mr. Starbuck, a lance without a pole, a topmall, and the smallest of the salesmaker's needles. Quick! Accessory, perhaps, to the impulse dictating the thing he was now about to do, were certain prudential motives— Whose object might have been to revive the spirits of his crew by a stroke of his subtle skill in a matter so wondrous as that of the inverted compasses, besides the old man well knew that to steer by transpointed needles, though clumsily practicable, was not a thing to be passed over by superstitious sailors without some shudderings and evil portents men said he steadily turning upon the crew. "'as the mate handed him the things he had demanded. "'My men, the thunder turned old Ahab's needles, "'but out of this bit of steel Ahab can make one of his own "'that will point as true as any.' "'Abashed glances of servile wonder were exchanged by the sailors, "'as this was said, and with fascinated eyes "'they awaited whatever magic might follow. "'But Starbuck looked away. With a blow from the top maul Ahab knocked off the steel head of the lance, and then, handing to the mate the long iron rod remaining, bade him hold it upright without its touching the deck. Then with the maul, after repeatedly smiting the upper end of this iron rod, he placed the blunted needle endwise on the top of it, and less strongly hammered that several times, the mate still holding the rod as before. Then, going through some small strange motions with it, whether indispensable to the magnetizing of the steel or merely intended to augment the awe of the crew is uncertain, he called for linen thread, and moving to the binnacle slipped out the two reverse needles there and horizontally suspended the sail needle by its middle over one of the compass cards. At first the steel went round and round, quivering and vibrating at either end. But at last it settled to its place, when Ahab, who had been intently watching for this result, stepped frankly back from the binnacle, and pointing his stretched arm towards it, exclaimed, "'Look ye for yourselves. "'If Ahab be not lord of the level lodestone, "'the sun is east, and that compass swears it.' One after another they peered in, for nothing but their own eyes could persuade such ignorance as theirs, and one after another they slunk away. In his fiery eyes of scorn and triumph, you then saw Ahab in all his fatal pride. Chapter 125 The Log and Line While now the fated Pequod had been so long afloat this voyage, the log in line had but very seldom been in use. Owing to a confident reliance upon other means of determining the vessel's place, some merchantmen and many whalemen, especially when cruising, wholly neglect to heave the log, though at the same time, and frequently more for form's sake than anything else, regularly putting down upon the customary slate the course steered by the ship, as well as the presumed average rate of progression every hour. "'it had been thus with the Pequod. "'The wooden reel and angular log attached hung, "'long untouched, just beneath the railing of the after bulwarks. "'Rains and spray had damped it. "'Sun and wind had warped it. "'All the elements had combined to rot a thing that hung so idly. "'But heedless of all this, "'his mood seized Ahab as he happened to glance upon the reel, "'not many hours after the magnet scene.' and he remembered how his quadrant was no more, and recalled his frantic oath about the level log and line. The ship was sailing plungingly. Astern, the billows rolled in riots. Forward there heave the log. Two seamen came. The golden-hued Tahitian and the grisly Manx man. Take the real one of ye, I'll heave. They went towards the extreme stern on the ship's lee-side, where the deck, with the oblique energy of the wind, was now almost dipping into the creamy, sidelong, rushing sea. The manxman took the reel, and holding it high up, by the projecting handle-ends of the spindle, round which the spool of line revolved, so stood with the angular log hanging downwards, till Ahab advanced to him. Ahab stood before him and was lightly unwinding some thirty or forty turns to form a preliminary hand-coil to toss overboard, when the old manxman, who was intently eyeing both him and the line, made bold to speak. Sir, I mistrust it. This line looks far gone. Long heat and wet have spoiled it. Twill hold, old gentleman. Long heat and wet have they spoiled thee. "'Thou seemest to hold, or, truer, perhaps, life holds thee, not thou it. "'I hold the spool, sir, but just as my captain says, "'with these grey hairs of mine, 'tis not worth while disputing, "'specially with a superior who will never confess. "'What's that? "'There's now a patched professor in Queen Nature's granite-founded college. "'But methinks he's too subservient.' Where wert thou born? In the little rocky isle of man, sir. Excellent. Thou'st hit the world by that. I know not, sir, but I was born there. In the isle of man, hey? Well, the other way, it's good. Here's a man from man, a man born and once independent man, and now unmanned of man, which is sucked in by what? Up with the real, "'The dead, blind wall butts all inquiring heads at last. "'Up with it, so. "'The log was heaved, "'the loose coils rapidly straightened out "'in a long, dragging line astern, "'and then, instantly, the reel began to whirl. "'In turn, jerkingly raised and lowered by the rolling billows, "'the towing resistance of the log "'caused the old reelman to stagger strangely.' Hold hard. Snap, the overstrained line sagged down in one long festoon. The tugging log was gone. I crush the quadrant, the thunder turns the needles, and now the mad sea parts the log line. But Ahab can mend all. Haul in here, Tahitian, reel up, Manx and look ye, let the carpenter make another log, and mend thou line, see to it. "'There he goes now. To him nothing's happened. "'But to me, the skewer seems loosening out of the middle of the world. Haul in, haul in, Tahitian. These lines run whole and whirling out. "'Come in broken and dragging slow. Ha, Pip, come to help. A Pip? "'Pip, whom call ye Pip? Pip jump from the whaleboat. Pip's missing.' "'Let's see now if ye haven't fished him up here, fisherman. "'It drags hard. "'I guess he's holding on. "'Jerk him, Tahiti, jerk him off. "'We haul in no cowards here. "'Oh, there's his arm, just breaking water. "'A hatchet, a hatchet, cut it off. "'We haul in no cowards here. "'Captain Ahab, sir, sir, here's Pip, "'trying to get on board again.' "'Peace, thou crazy loon,' cried the Manx man, "'seizing him by the arm.' Away from the quarter-deck. The greater idiot ever scolds the lesser, muttered Ahab, advancing. Hands off from that holiness. Where sayest thou Pip was, boy? Astern there, sir, astern, lo, lo. And who art thou, boy? I see not my reflection in the vacant pupils of thy eyes. Oh God, that man should be a thing for immortal souls to sieve through. Who art thou, boy? Bell boy, sir. Ship's crier. Ding dong, ding. Pip pip pip. One hundred pounds of clay reward for Pip. Five feet high. Looks cowardly. Quickest known by that. Ding dong, ding. Who seen Pip the coward? There can be no hearts above the snow line. O oh, ye frozen heavens, look down here. Ye did beget this luckless child and have abandoned him. Ye creative libertines! Here, boy, Ahab's cabin shall be Pip's home henceforth, while Ahab lives. Thou touchest my inmost center, boy, thou art tied to me by cords woven of my heart strings. Come, let's down. What's this? Here's velvet shark skin, intently gazing at Ahab's hand and feeling it. Ah, now, had poor Pip but felt so kind a thing as this, perhaps he'd never been lost! This seems to me, sir, as a man rope, something that weak souls may hold by. Oh, sir, let old Perth now come and rivet these two hands together, the black one with the white, for I will not let this go. Oh, boy, nor will I thee, unless I should thereby drag thee to worse horrors than are here. Come then to my cabin. Lo, ye believers in God's all goodness, and man all ill. Lo, you! See the omniscient God's oblivious of suffering man. And man, though idiotic, and knowing not what he does, yet full of the sweet things of love and gratitude. Come, I feel prouder, leading thee by thy hand, than though I grasped an emperor's. There go two daft ones now, murmured the old Manx men. one daft with strength, the other daft with weakness, but here's the end of the rotten line, all dripping too, mended, eh? I think we had best have a new line altogether. I'll see Mr. Stubb about it. WUNC.